This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. I mean, photography is a way that we connect with people or gain insight and empathy. And even, you know, through all situations, whether you're looking at joy or if you're looking at things that are hard to see, it's still a way that you find empathy for others. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real-life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. My guest this week on the Portrait System podcast is Catherine Williams, and Catherine is a documentary and portrait photographer based in New Zealand. Catherine has been a photographer for pretty much her whole life, and she has found a way to balance passion projects along with her profitable studio. Catherine is a highly awarded photographer, and so much of what she does is documentary work. Catherine gives us some really great information about how she gets the amazing documentary-style portraits that she does, and she also gives us a really great glimpse into the business side of what she does as well. Well, if you don't already know her, I am so excited to introduce to you Catherine Williams. Hi, Catherine. How are you? Welcome to The Portrait System. Hi, Nikki. I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for recording with me, even though I sound a little uh, little not myself. I'm getting over laryngitis, but we couldn't hold off recording any episodes, so we're going for it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much for having me here. 
Yeah, it's it's been a long time coming. I'm I'm really excited. You know, Catherine, why don't you before we get started in your story, why don't you tell people where you live and the type of photography you mostly focus on and just that kind of stuff. Cool. Awesome. So um, I'm from Christchurch in New Zealand. So that's a city of around uh, 400,000 people in the South Island. I've been a photographer all of my life, been always passionate about it. My photography at the moment is predominantly portrait photography and just really focusing on people. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, a massive lover of people. Um, photographing either with my personal work and in my business as well. Yeah. I mean, would you consider like documentary portraits something that you've always done or did you just sort of fall into that somehow? It's something I've always done. So I studied photography straight out of school um, for two years and straight away that was, you know, what appealed to me. You know, my influences of Cardia Bresson and and, um, Mary Ellen Mark, um, were my were my big ones, so I went straight into into documentary work and yeah and and environmental portraits. So it's been something that's that's always interested me. I just love real people, mm-hmm, and, for sure, and making photos that give you insight and understanding into yes, other people. Yes. it's it's interesting because when I I was reading your I was just loving your website just everything about it, you know, just your work. And when I was reading the Meet Catherine page, I, you just, everything you said just resonated so much with me. It's, yeah, I just really love, you know, some of the things you said, like, I'm just going to read it really quick, just one part. It says, Catherine never remembers a time when she didn't feel deeply for humanity, the earth, for communities. Her photography embodies this. And it just gave me the chills to read that. Yeah. Thank you, Nikki. Yeah, it's really beautiful. When I was growing up, I always really struggled watching the news. I struggled watching other people's pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, photography is a way that we connect with people or gain insight and empathy. And even, you know, through all situations, whether you're looking at joy or if you're looking at things that are hard to see, it's still a way that you find empathy for others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so I have a question. I have a lot of questions for you, but one thing, being a documentary, you know, style kind of portrait photographer, and and especially like traveling, how do you kind of reconcile needing to you know ask permission to just take someone's photo versus trying to get it in the moment? Like, how does how does that all work? Yeah, I guess um, with the sort of work that that I do, I'm always asking for permission. So I love to go in deep with things. So if I have an opportunity to, then I'm going to spend as much time as I possibly can in a situation. So, for example, my a friend of mine had been working in an, an orphanage in Vietnam every year for quite a long period of time. And she never, you know, she'd never been photographed before. She'd been doing it for, I think, seven or eight years for months at a time. And then she asked me to come and photograph her. And the reason, you know, she wanted, you know, she felt so much love for these kids and she wanted to document that, the the love. You know, it's a really hard environment to be in. So I wanted it to focus more around the love rather than the, the pain. And so... 
going there with her, it was about spending a long period of time having having permission beforehand and making sure that it was okay for me to, to be there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Then same with, you know, a lot of the work that I do um, when I've travelled is, is environmental portraits. So, you know, I'm seeking permission beforehand from families and then I'm, I'm going into their homes and spending, you know, one or two hours with them. Mm-hmm. Photography is just part of it. So it's an exchange. It's an exchange. It's um, understanding any cultural traditions beforehand. Yes. Gosh, that's so important. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so important. And it's also just so insightful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These traditions and when you understand what they're rooted in. You know, for example, I've been in Okinawa um, photographing um, centenarians there and, you know, just understanding the culture of being invited into the home and then, you know, going to the altar, praying to the ancestors, and then the person, you know, decides if you if you can stay. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a little, like, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, oh, my God, are they going to want me to stay or not? <laughs> like, oh, be scary. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's amazing. And even just seeing these altars, which are, you know, these are these are quite humble houses. They're quite small, but their Mm -hmm. altars, you know, beautiful and covered with portraits of their, you know, often their their deceased um, husband or wife is is on the mantle on the on the altar with a lot of treasured pieces behind them. So you know, just things like that is just fascinating to to see and to be part of it and to be welcomed in. Yeah. Yeah. It really is amazing. And like you said, the cultural part of it is so important and, and the permission that you need to, you know, make sure it's okay to, I mean, imagine if someone just, you know, was walking by your house and just started taking pictures of you, you know, it's, um, it's a very personal thing. For sure. I mean, it's a tricky one because, you know, I think there's a time and a place for, you know, for, you know, street photography. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's still about documenting history and what's documenting before you. I guess it's just with the type of work that I've done, it's always for me been, I'm up very close to people a lot of the time. And and so I've always had that sort of interaction where it's more in depth with that person. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to wait until later to ask you about this, but I feel like it's a good time. You have a project going on right now. It's like a passion, personal project called Being Human at 100. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, it's been going on for a few years and it had a a, quite a big break with with COVID, but it it literally, it just happened. The the project literally, I I explain it like it, it flew in through the windscreen and it hit me in the chest and I felt like it was implanted in me that I that I just had to do this. And I just, I love the faces of older people. I think mm-hmm. that I love those lines and, you know, I think there's so many stories that you can tell from the way someone's held their face over, over a period of a lifetime. And so I just, you know, was coming home and was coming home from the studio, thought, yes, I'm going to do this project. And I thought, I have no idea how that's going to happen because it involves, you know, a lot of world travel to do it. 
Mm-hmm. And then is that because is that because there's just not a whole lot of people in one specific country that live until they're a hundred? Um, there is there is plenty of people who live to a hundred. It's just finding them and yeah, and yeah. actually making the connections and you know because you can find plenty of news articles and things like that, but then it's actually making mm-hmm. that connection, especially when you're dealing with people in a, with a different language. You know, there may right. not be. There may not be English at all. I mean, sometimes I've worked with translators or fixers um, or both. I mean, I've been in situations where I've had two translators because I've had to go from um, English to Filipino to the mountain dialect and then back. Ah, right. Wow. Because it's important to me to talk to them as well um, as photograph them. I just have some key questions that I ask them as, as just a to accompany the photos. Yeah. It's incredible. Are you talking with their family as well or just to your subject? Yeah. So um, the family are nearly always involved. So sometimes it's actually quite tricky because they sometimes they like to, because people who are that age, they can be slow with answering the questions. They, they might take their time. They might, they might think about it. They might not remember. Most people are quite sharp. The people I photograph are predominantly all living in their own homes and they have quite a lot of independence still. But the family mm-hmm. sometimes feel the, the urge to, to hurry them up and answer the question for them. So, Ah, um, right. I can see that. Yeah. So sometimes there's a little bit of trying to manage that and, and just, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty patient person by nature, so I don't mind how long it takes someone to answer a question. I'm, I'm okay with the, the silence. I just mm-hmm. let people work through it in their own time. Yeah, so I'm generally working with the families. You know, it might be a daughter or a granddaughter. I mean, the, a daughter or a son or a daughter, they're still usually going to be in their 70s. So they are older, you know, it's an older older crowd that I'm generally working with. Mm-hmm. Then sometimes um, when I've been in Okinawa and um, also the Philippines, I've had someone on the ground there for me as a fixer and they've done, you know, they've taken me, taken me to places, done a lot of the translation, helped me work in with the families, made a lot of arrangements um, prior so that I can, you know, get to as many people as I can. Um, and that's been a I've had it work like that. Now, obviously, this is just a project that you feel just, you know, so passionate about. Is there a way to kind of, and I know people are, are wondering this as listeners, that's why I'm asking this too, is like, how do you monetize something like this? Or do you, do you not? It's just something you just do. Yeah, I'm, I don't think about monetizing it. Ultimately, it'll, it'll land in a book. Um, and uh, yeah. I mean, to, to me, it's, you know, this is why I do the business of photography and this is, this is the why for, for doing everything else that I do in photography, um, to make money. And, and I don't, I don't want to think of this as a profit making enterprise. This is, this is just like, it's in my bones. It's, it's in my heart. I just, it, this is just things I have to do. I, I'll be in someone's house in Cuba and I just feel so alive uh, being there, talking to people, photographing them. My, you know, you look around the room and you're just, 
wowed by what you see and the fact that someone who doesn't know you has opened their door and their heart to you mm-hmm. and they just give so much and that to me is 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 amazing you know the 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 sort of monetizing it um i guess i think that that's not that's not my goal with this project i think down the track when it becomes a book it will make some money um but at the the present moment, you know, traveling to these places is self-funded. But yeah, it's it's kind of amazing what happens really, you know, even with how I've formed some of these connections in the first place. Like the Philippines, for example, I just sat next, I just, I, I wanted to go to the Philippines. I'd, I'd been thinking about getting there for a while, spe- specifically to a, a mountain village there. And I'd really been thinking a lot about getting to the Philippines and I was thinking, oh, how am I going to get to the Philippines? Who am I going to, who am I going to connect with there? And I just went and did this social media course in Christchurch and um, sat next to this guy, got chatting to him. He was a, a commercial filmmaker. He, he worked in between Auckland and Manila. And I just said to him, I, I need to get to the Philippines. I said, I need to go to Buscalan and this mountain village and, and he said, oh, I want to go there too. I want to get, you know, a, a, a tattoo with my teenagers. And I was like, oh, maybe I was meant to sit here next to you. Wow. He said, oh, yeah, well, you know, I, I won't be going anytime soon, but I do know someone that I can connect you with. And she's made a film in this in this village. I was like, wow, really? And then within 24 hours, he connected me with somebody there. And within a couple of weeks, I booked my flights. That's remarkable. Awesome. Yeah. She was amazing. I mean, she arranged eight eight centenarians for me from all walks of life. So everything from a mountain village, so a tribe in a, in a mountain village, and then also some people with, you know, diplomatic connections, some people in the really, in the upper echelons of society in, in Manila as well. So it was a real, a real diverse mix of people, which is really what the project's about. It's about a diversity of people and just sort of the fundamental things that connect us in, in life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's just so incredible. I love it. Absolutely love it. Okay. Let's back up a little bit because, um, you know, I'm sure people are wondering like, okay, you, you know, if you've got passion projects and that sort of thing and like, how do you kind of monetize documentary portrait work you know how do you make a living doing it yeah so I mean my photographic studio so that's um white wolf studio that is I mean it's a portrait studio predominantly outdoor portraits outdoor family portraits um with, with a bit of studio work and you know it's not really it's not really documentary portraiture it's it's more family portraiture Okay. We are going more in a, in a direction of adding more unscripted style work into it and more sort of series-based work as well with that. Mm-hmm. But it's weaving that into it at this, at this point in time, which is more about, you know, doing the sort of work that we want to do and making sure that we're still getting the stuff, you know, that we know, that we know is, is easy to sell 
you know, making everyone look great, making everyone feel great, making everyone fe- making sure that everyone feels connected, which I think is probably the most important thing you can do. Definitely. So, yeah, a lot of that's sort of the focus. And then, um, you know, I think with more documentary-style portraits, often stuff that tells a story through multiple images, that sort of stuff can work really great and be quite sellable because it's not something that that your average person thinks of or they don't really see when you're when you're photographing them in that way they can't even visualize what you're seeing and so it's such a beautiful surprise to them when they see it especially if you come to them with it already prepared as a series mhm yeah this is great okay so you do have like you know it's not just all you're traveling the world documenting. Like you do have like an income from a, a portrait studio. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. Um, That's what I was just wanted to clarify, make sure. Yeah. I'm 46 and I've been working as a photographer for my whole life. Yeah, so yeah, been through weddings and, and portraits. Uh, I don't yeah, do Did you try, that. That's what I was going to say, did you try other things that you were like, mm, this is not my thing? <laughs> I photographed wedding for weddings for a long time, and I and I loved them. But I just think there's a time when you're when I got I got past the weddings. I think I just I didn't want to do them anymore. Um, and it was probably more so it was the the long hours, and um, and I also had a back injury, so it just didn't make it feasible oh, to anymore. Right. But I yeah, did love the side of weddings. I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that part of it, I feel like is the less stressful part of, of weddings when you can try to just get the candid moments versus the rest of it. Okay. So when it comes to the the family portraits and things like that, will you just kind of quickly go over your like a pricing model? Like do you do a la carte? Do you do packages? Do you do prints? You know, h- kind of how it all ties together? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, completely a la carte model. I definitely don't cap sales. I think, you know, you just go for the full potential. Our model Mm -hmm. is, you know, everything is about quality. I'm obsessive about beautiful paper. I'm obsessive about printing, you know, beautiful framing, beautiful albums, everything like that. And, And I think that's just a personal choice for me. I just, I just love things that you touch and experience and things that are meant to last. So we have, you know, just a basic session fee. And then from there, it's really focused on selling bigger pieces. So things that go on the wall. So, you know, we have a couple of small print options, but it doesn't like that's not really what we're focused on selling. Um, In terms of collections, we're basically doing albums and, you know, folio boxes with 10, 15 or 20 prints in them. And then we have this thing called Flow. That's our series work. You know, it's, that's multiple multiple prints framed together in a series. And then with those, we just have a, a base price. So, you know, a, a base price for one of those is either eighteen hundred or twenty three hundred. And then that's for your first up to three photos. And then every time you add add a photo, it's an extra hundred. So you know, you could be, you know, for you could be spending thirty five hundred, you know, between eighteen and thirty five hundred for one of those. Mm, um, okay. 
Yeah. And then, you know, individual pieces. Um, so individual pieces. Um, because we wanted to do custom framing, we just have like a, a range of mouldings that we have within it and accept because I don't like to overcomplicate it, um, but I still wanted to have a selection. Um, so just working in with our framer, we just looked at mouldings which were within a certain price range and having a cap on those. And then, you know, you can just say to anybody, you can really talk to them in a more personal way, understand what their taste is, what their home's like, and then make suggestions. I prefer not to give someone here all the choices, have a look and see what you like because it confuses people. So I'd rather ask them questions and then then say, these are the ones that I think would look great in your home. And I might give them, you know, four or five options or three options, just depending on what they say. And then they'll often say, oh, yeah, I really love that one. That would be great. And and that sort of tends to work really well. About (laughs) offering lots of options, but still keeping a really simple price list, I think is Mm -hmm. really important. Yeah. So even, even with like framed portraits versus, you know, we've got metal, you know, beautiful metal prints and framed portraits and, and canvases, but um, within that there's still just five prices without overcomplicating it and just really looking at those um, cost of good margins, keeping the cost of good margins within a percentage range and sort of accepting that, you know, I mean, different things have different costs attached. You know, when we when you're importing something, then you've got different tax rates and all of those things mm-hmm. uh, into whether that, that item's more profitable or not. But I guess, you know, at the end of the day, it's really understanding what your most profitable things are and creating ways to drive people towards, towards those pieces, um, promoting those pieces, making sure that, you know, what you've got on your wall is, you know, what you've got in your key spaces in your studio you is is obviously what you shoot what you show is what you sell but making sure that that's what you've that's also the most most profitable um you know if your most profitable piece is a is a 30 by 20 wall portrait but you actually find out that that is doesn't have a great um you know your, your cost of goods is is too high on it then it doesn't really make a lot of sense that you're promoting that as your as a key seller, and you want to maybe look at that that specific cost of goods. Right, right, totally. I love the idea of this. Series. I've gone off on a bit of a tangent. <laughs> no, no, it's all super good information. A lot of them. You said a lot of important things like keeping it simple, but offering options, and and like the series things. I'm I'm really interested in that because, like, when I look at my own house and like what I have you know, just family photos that I always hire a family photographer to do our family photos because I just suck at shooting, photographing my own kids. I mean, okay, I shouldn't say that. But the four <laughs> of us, it's like impossible. So, yeah. and, and our dog, to get our dog and my husband and the two, it's just like, oh my God. I, anyways, I always hire a family photographer and I always end up, end up printing some sort of series. Like the last one I did, I printed on wood on our wall and I just absolutely love it. Nice. So yeah, I think I think that's really, really smart. And if people out there listening aren't offering any sort of series when it comes to family photos, I really encourage it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and this is, you know, this is something that sort of changed a little bit directionally. You know, previously I used to do series, but they were more of a 
collection from the session rather than just telling one story. And I think that that stronger when they just really tell one story, you know, one story of a boy playing with his dog, one story of, you know, the love between two siblings and them, you know, candidly playing together. You know, when it comes like there's a family, you know, say you've got a family of, of four and you've got a portrait of all of them and then a kid by itself and then another kid by themselves and then mum and dad together. That feels a little bit more disjointed to me, but the series really works best when you're you're kind of creating opportunities for interaction in your Mm -hmm. shooting. And when you create the opportunities for interaction, then it's just amazing what comes out. And then um, what I've really found is great is is pre-building those series because it's the whole thing of, you know, making having your clients see what you see. If you just keep what's possible in your head, but you don't tell that you don't show them, they're not gonna understand it. Whereas, you know, going through when the client comes in to see their photos for the first time, they get showing them on ProSelect and then at the end of the the photos, then they see these beautiful pre-built series that you've already made for them. Um, mm-hmm. They're like, wow, I didn't even know you you shot that um, because they don't really remember the way the way you do. They don't really see mm. what's going on in your camera or in your in your in your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so the the difference between a series and like a, a collection of photos is that it's kind of one scene, one story from the shoot, as opposed to you know, they were here and then they were there and then they were hugging and then they weren't like that sort of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Yep, just wanted to make sure, clarify that. Yeah, this is really great. I, I, I feel like you have such a cool thing going with all of it. It's really awesome. Well, thanks, Nick. I know you said, yeah, it's, it's very cool. Now, I know you said you have kind of been doing this your whole life, but did you like come out of school thinking I'm going to start a business right away? And were you successful at it right away? Um, it's probably a little bit more of a longer road than that, really. I was 15 when I fell in love with photography. I mm. knew almost instantly that that's what I would do. And I was I was just lucky enough to have a teacher who believed in me from a very young age. So my, my school report when I first started doing photography said that I had the potential to be a professional photographer. And I just ran with that. And, you know, I didn't know anyone who'd done that before. So I just, you know, I studied photography. I was very um, ambitious in a lot of ways. So, you know, a photographer would come to the to the um, polytech where I was studying and I would chase them down and ask them if I could work for them for free. I would just do anything. Mm-hmm. So smart. And then free work turned into paid work. Um, so by the time I was 19, I had a mixture of things going on in photography. So that was between assisting other photographers, doing a little bit of my own work, doing the occasional wedding. So I started photographing weddings from quite a young age. I worked for a, a like a, a wedding company doing, you know, sort of mass, mass produced weddings. I just had a, a mixture of things going on. Um, so that was for a year and then... I took 10, almost 10 years where I worked on cruise ships. Um, so that was oh, wow. working on cruise 
experience as a photographer, which was, you know, it was um, <laughs> not completely non-creative, but it was an amazing opportunity to travel and also a great opportunity to kind of understand um, business really. You know, it, it may be like a, a, a mass market um, cheap model, but it is sort of gaining insight in, in things like, you know, how to, you know, doing things like testing. Um, you know, I'm a massive person of like, you know, you have an idea and you think, I wonder if this would work. Well, how do you mm-hmm. find out? Um, and you see and and you don't know unless you try. Like there's no point in having an idea and just thinking, hey, that might work, but I don't know, so I'm not going to try it. So you just give it a <laughs> Right. What happens? A lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, so I, I did on, I was on cruise ships and then when I was 29, came back to New Zealand and, and set up a wedding photography business initially, which turned into portraits um, over time. Yeah, this has been really lovely. I'm excited I get to meet you in August when I come to New Zealand to speak at yeah. um, IPP. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm very excited. This will be my first time to New Zealand, so yeah, pretty excited. And you are quite the awarded photographer as well. <laughs> I was looking at that. At, at that, it looks like you were grandmaster one year of the NZIPP, or is that it? Just says grandmastered of of the. And so IPP, does that mean you earned that like for life sort of thing? Yeah. So once you, once you awarded it, that, that stays with you. Yeah. But you are Nikon Iris Awards, New Zealand Professional Photographer of the Year. A couple times it looks like. Um, yeah. Epson Iris Awards, like lots of cool stuff. Yeah. And you're also one of our, portrait, the Portrait Masters judges now. Yes. And you're incredible at it. I actually messaged Richard and I was like, I mean, all of our judges are wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But there's something about the the feedback that you give, like the critique feedback that people can, okay, if you're listening and you've never done the Portrait Masters Awards, we have an option where you can get feedback from judges. And your feedback is incredible. You're such a good writer when it comes to giving feedback. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, I'm a fan of the awards process and um, of all, you know, I think photography awards are amazing for your personal growth. I've Mm -hmm. learned so much um, from when I started entering awards personally, which was 2007, I started entering awards here. And I just think that that feedback and that critique process um, is just absolutely vital and if you can, you know, if you can really, really listen to that feedback and because sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's hard to hear mm-hmm. when, you know, you're like, you like your photograph is amazing because you know the story because um, you were there, but it doesn't always mean that it communicates that way to people looking at it. So when you can exactly. listen to someone's feedback and take it on and you start to see something different and you start to really grow. And I think that it's still important to be yourself with your photography. That's, you know, that's for me when I, with my own award entries, I, you know, when I first started entering, I would look at what I had and I would say, hmm, what would the judges like? And over time, I sort of, you know, a couple of very smart people would say things like, you know, that you, that it's, you know, really important that 
that you look into your own heart and make sure you're entering the right things that are important to you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it has to be your work. And and I guess like what that means is sometimes backing yourself for things that feel like a bit of a wild card. You know, you love them, but you don't know. Like you think, oh, maybe that that's just a little bit too crazy to to put out there and to to show other people. Sometimes it turns out that that's, you know, that that's you just need to back yourself. But then it doesn't mean you don't take on the the critique that comes with it, but it's just sort of really learning to hone your own vision. And and when you do that and you really step into to who you are as a photographer, but not just as a photographer, as a person, that's when the better work comes. Um, and I feel like people can see that. You know, people can see that in your work. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. But, yeah, I love the portrait masters because I just think it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a great learning platform. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Awesome. Well, thank you again. I do have a couple questions that I always ask at the end of each episode. And the first one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Okay, so something I can't live without when I'm doing a photo shoot um, can I say laughter? Oh, of course. I love that answer. It's a great right? answer. Um, yeah, I just, if I can find a way to laugh with somebody, that's a game changer just in terms of drawing something out of somebody, um, and getting the spark in their eye. Um, doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter if it's a, 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 a three-year-old, or a hundred-year-old, if you can find common laughter, that's just something that can can really shift the energy of a shoot. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be crack, you know, having them in hysterical laughter through the whole session, but it's just sort of it's like a relaxant. Yeah, I agree. I love laughter. I always, especially when people are really tense, I I just try to make myself like. I laugh at myself in some way. <laughs> like I make fun of myself in some way to really just try and get them to see that this this can be fun. Like it's okay, you know, to kind of let your guard down. Yeah. yeah. Laughter is very important. I agree. All right. Number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working? Oh, um, okay. So spend my time when I'm not working. I love walking. I love nature. I love my vegetable garden <laughs> at the moment. I love I love walking around with bare feet. Um, yeah, so I love doing things like that. I love any kind of adventure. I love spending time with my kids. They are 15 and 13. So um, my 13-year-old still loves spending time with me. If I can get time spent with my 15-year-old, then that's a real win. <laughs> that age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that age. <laughs> um, yeah, and I love, um, I really enjoy food. So, you know, anything to do with food, but, you know, cooking, making things from scratch, those sorts of things I absolutely love. And I love looking at photography books. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Number three is what is your favorite inspirational quote? Yeah, that's a tricky one. I, I do love quotes. I think that they can be really insightful. 
the problem is that I can't necessarily remember them, but I do have. That's how I am too, Catherine. Like I have no memory for quotes. I'm always like Googling, Googling to find one. Um, well, I, I, what I would say is I have something that I wrote on my Facebook wall that sometimes is, it's, I don't know if it's my favorite quote, but it's a great reminder for myself that sometimes I need. And it's just as onwards ever, backwards never. And that's just to remind you myself just to, to, um, you know, no matter what comes at you in life to look forward and, and just, you know, keep seeing, keep thinking about what's next to, to create opportunities to, to look forward to and see what's around the corner. Mm-hmm. I love it. Definitely a good reminder. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, number four is what would you tell people who are just starting out? All right. So, I mean, what I tell people who are just starting out is the most important thing is to believe in the value of what you do. Don't ever get hung up on anybody's negative feedback or thoughts about the industry mm-hmm. or, or the value. Like what, what you do is it's irreplaceable. You know, the biggest thing that you do is, is about the person. It's, it's, it's about connection. It's about a feeling. You know, when you're creating portraits or wedding photos or, you know, it doesn't matter if it's, it doesn't actually matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's a family portrait or if it's personal branding or what it is, is like you're creating a feeling. And if that person connects with it, you know, that, that, that's massive. So yeah, my message to to people who are starting out is, is really just to value what you do yourself. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if you value what you do, then they're going to value what you do. And you don't have to know everything. You'll, you'll build on it over time. But where you are at the moment, you need to see great value in that. And then, you know, the rewards will come. So important. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Totally. All right. Where can people find you online if they're looking for you? Okay. So online, um, you can find me at White Wolf. Portrait Studio on Instagram, on Facebook, whitewolfstudio.nz is the studio website. Um, you can also find me at katherinewilliams.co.nz. That website is where I have my Being Human at 100 project and some other documentary work and a few other bits and pieces. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you again for taking time to do this with me. This was awesome. Total pleasure. Thanks, Nikki. Yeah. And I'll I'll see you in August. Yeah, I can't wait to see you in August. Oh, it's going to be so great. Bring your jacket. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I'm not bringing the family. I'm like, it's going to be winter. Yeah. It's a long flight for a four and six-year-old. I'm like, if it was summer, we would have done it, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. pretty chilly, but yeah, I can't wait to see yeah. you. Yes, me too. Me too. All right. You take care. Awesome. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like 
posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and eight frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX 100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.